Weekly Sauce, episode 51. Uh, 50 in the books, man. We had a great time talking to, uh, to Des Walker. What an unbelievable character that guy is. Like, one of the best. One of the best. Crazy. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. He was such a great defensive pass rush specialist. Uh, he's worked with a bunch of guys from the Alouettes, worth a bunch of guys in the NFL. Uh, go listen to that and uh, go watch him on Instagram. He's got a bunch of highlights and stuff. He's a super nice guy, very motivational as well. Uh, but as usual, Weekly Sauce is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Um, episode 51, we got a special guest here. We got Joel Waterman of the Impact de Montréal. We refuse to call it by the real name. Uh, Joel, how's it going, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited and just hanging out here in Fort Lauderdale and chilling, enjoying the sun and trying to trying to win some games. That's it. That's it. Exactly, man. We, well, we want you to win as many games as possible. We, we're going to be there uh, cheering you. And uh, how did you, uh, when did you get to Montreal? Well, the organization, I guess you probably haven't been here yet, but when did you get to the organization? What was the process there? Yeah, so I got here last year. I signed in January of uh, 2020, the start of 2020. So I was in the, the CPL. I played for uh, Cavalry FC uh, in 2019 and basically had a really good year. Had a solid year. Came out of university. I went to Trinity Western University for five years. Uh, got drafted 14th overall, like I said, to Cavalry and, and had a good year. And, um, you know, in the off season of my first year there, I, I thought I was going back to Calgary and, and had signed papers and, um, you know, other plans were, were part of my story and Montreal came knocking in the off season, probably about mid December to late December, um, saying that they were interested in me. And I actually found out first on uh, social media, there's reports from, from some Montreal journalists and people putting some stuff on social media and things of that nature. And I, uh, I didn't actually believe it. I thought it was just rumors. And after a couple of weeks, it kind of died down. So I said, okay, let's, let's move on from now. Let's go back to Calgary. Uh, and then my manager at Cavalry, Tommy Goldman Jr., came back from from uh, vacation, and I kind of uh, called him, and he basically said, "Yeah, the rumors are actually true. They're interested. Uh, we're in the process of signing some transfer papers. If that's what you want to do." And I said, "Absolutely." I said, "I love you know Cavalry, and I wanted to still build something there, but for me, it was always playing at the highest level. And when Montreal came knocking, it was a no brainer. And the papers were signed by early January, and I was in preseason. I think it was January fourteenth. So. It's, uh, it was a quick turnaround and something I didn't really expect. Um, something I definitely wanted in my career and wanted to take that next step. Um, but I didn't know if it was going to happen this early or, you know, after one season in the CPL, um, I thought I put together a good season. And obviously they, they saw me and saw a video and then brought me in. And uh, I've watched... Oh, and uh, what's the difference between CPL and MLS in terms of level? Uh, do you feel like there's a major step up from CPL to MLS? Yeah, I would say so right now. Um, you know, not knocking on what the CPL is trying to build or what kind of players are in the league. There's talented players, guys that have played in the MLS who played there, uh, international players, but just the speed of play and, and how quickly you have to make decisions on the ball. And especially as a center back, working on my defending and, and I can get away with a lot more things in the CPL that I can't get away with in the MLS. Um, the better players, um, they, you know, decide things on the ball quicker. You can be, you know, passed through with, with one single pass through the lines and, and things that you couldn't really see or do in the CPL. So um, it was a, it was a big change for me personally in my first year. Um, the pandemic obviously didn't help, but I definitely saw a preseason that I needed to get to that level. And um, 
but yeah, there's, there's, you know, it's similar in some sort of ways, but it's definitely, you know, a step up for right now. I, I know the CPL is, is hopefully going to get there. Um, if they keep developing their players and keep bringing, you know, bigger guys and things of that nature. But um, yeah, there's definitely a, a, definitely a step up in the speed of play and the decision-making for sure. You're, you're a young guy. So you probably grew up watching the MLS uh, in Canada where, guys like me and Alex I mean we're 10 years older than you so it's uh, we're looking at guys uh, and the MLS was, wasn't really a big thing in Montreal like I remember when Montreal like as a full grown adult when Montreal had a, got an MLS team and um, what, what teams did you follow growing up were you an Impact fan were you a Toronto FC fan you don't have to uh, call, call anybody out here or anything you don't, <laughs> you don't have to lie Yeah, I think people understand it. you root for your hometown yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm from Vancouver, so I always used to go to Vancouver Whitecaps games. Of course, yeah. uh, I would love going to watch them. I always used to watch mainly ca- the Canadian teams on on TSN and things of that nature. So I'd always I'd always watch Montreal play Toronto and, and things of that nature. But um, I, I wouldn't say I was a, a massive fan of the Whitecaps. I loved going to the games um, when I was growing up, and I'd be there, you know, two hours before. I wanted to watch the warm up and see my my favorite players how they warmed up and. Um, I learned so much from just going to the games with my dad and, and we enjoyed it going to BC place and, and stuff. And I've always been a fan of, you know, all the Canadian clubs, uh, knowing some players who obviously play on, on the Canadian clubs that I've, I've grown up with and play with. And obviously I've known from youth that are, you know, living in Toronto and Montreal and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, the white caps were, you know, I liked them a little bit growing up, but wouldn't say I was a massive fan. Uh, but whenever I could catch a game, I would definitely go out and watch. Who did you support growing up? Like European clubs? I was, was going to ask that. I was a Liverpool. I was Stevie's. I'm, Steven Gerrard's my my favorite player. So is that him? Yeah. Hey, so Stevie because <laughs> I used to be a midfielder, right? So I, I only became a center back a couple years ago um, in 2018 under under Tommy Wielden at Foothills. So he moved me back there just because of my my versatility and my height, and I started to grow into my body and and stuff like that. But Stevie G was my, my favorite the best. player. The best. Best and, player of all time. And uh, <laughs> he's my, definitely my favorite midfielder of all time. I just tried to, to watch him and and take things from his game and put him in my game growing up. And you have a uh, cannon of a shot like he does, or what? Uh, I scored some goals in university. I don't score <laughs> many. I don't score many goals now because they keep moving me back. But, um, but yeah, just like I loved his long balls, his 40, 50 yard pings, and I just tried to emulate that. But um, because I was a Stevie G fan, I kind of, you know, Liverpool kind of came with it. And, of course. and I'm a Liverpool fan, you know, for as long as I can remember. See, I, I became a Robbie Fowler fan when I was really young. So Robbie Fowler was like the guy that made me become a Liverpool fan. And then when Gerard started coming up, I was like, man, this guy, I'm, I'm addicted to this guy. And then every player, like they've always had a few guys like I've just been infatuated with. And it yeah. was always Liverpool. My brother's a Man U fan. Alex is a Man U fan too. So there's always, yeah. there's always some <laughs> beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. What is what okay. it is. I just love watching football in general, but yeah. if I had to pick a team, it would be Liverpool. Um, no, um, cool. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, what was, um, how did you feel about the name change and if did it bother you at all or did you f- just go with it? Honestly, for me, not growing up in Montreal, I didn't fully understand what the impact meant to Montreal, to be honest with you, when yeah. it, when it first happened and seeing the reaction from the fans and how much the impact meant to Montreal, um, you know, when they explained it to us in our meeting and, and kind of the, the direction they want to go with the club and, um, 
the new message behind the brand, it, it made sense to me in terms of, uh, you know, a new start representing more of the multiculturalism city of, of what Montreal is like, but not growing up in Montreal, I didn't really understand those values and kind of what you guys hold. So it was, it was hard for me to understand at the beginning. Um, but, you know, I think you look at all, uh, there's a lot of top European clubs changing their logos recently Inter Milan, Juventus, like, you know, these things are starting to happen and, and, and teams are starting to go in different directions. Uh, you know, whether or not the fans like it or not, I'll leave that up to them. But, you know, for a player, it's, it's, if I grew up in Montreal, I think I would have a, you know, tighter tie to the name and, and growing up as an impact fan, but being away from the scene, um, you know, for me, it was, it was, I like the, I like the brand. I like, I like how it looks. Um, I had, it had to grow on me a little bit because I did love the, the, the impact logo and, and the stripes and all my family has those jerseys from last year. And, and, it, and it took a, a shift a little bit, but um, you know, I, I understand where they're coming from in terms of, you know, coming after a pandemic too, in the direction of, you can see the players that we've signed, we're going younger and you, you, you've seen our brand of football. So it, it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's what I'll say about that. So, I mean, it's not it's not really a big deal. A lot of people made a big deal out of it. Like, we're busting balls. Like, we're, we refuse to say the name, you know, because like, we are like, well, there's no point in changing your name. What, is it, yeah. what does it mean? It meant something for them, whatever. But it's not really a big deal. The people who make it a big deal are, are, are the problem, really. I mean, it's just, it's all it is. Yeah, the name. Are so, you still going to support the players? Yes. So, end of story. Yeah, when I saw, when I saw the, uh, the, uh, Vandalism on our uh, Stats Saputo so logo. That was crazy to me. That was. Yeah. Uh, I know it's only a choice, that choice few of fans, yeah. but um, that's when I kind of it hit me where I said, "Whoa!" Like you know, people, people are pissed. But you also <laughs> want to you want to go to an environment yeah. where you know they're that passionate about something about the team that you belong to, right? So it's like hey, there's there's the pros and cons of that too. Absolutely, I think they knew that going into it too, taking that risk, and I think it's. I mean, the way we've started, um, I know we could have, you know, won a couple more games and, and we'll probably go into that, but you can see the brand of football we're trying to play. And I hope the fans are, are excited about that because I've been very happy with the way we're, we've been playing. And I think it's just all about patience and, and the results will come. And, uh, you played for the, uh, the, uh, the Canadian national team and, uh, you were part of a squad that had Alfonso Davis and Jonathan David, who this year absolutely played oh, wow. amazing in in France. He won uh, the League One with uh, with Lille. Uh, to, yeah, tell us about the experience. Like, uh, like how's it to play for for Team Canada? Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, as a young kid, <clears throat> you always want to represent your national team, and for me, I didn't know it was going to be possible. Maybe until. Um, you know, the 20, what is it? 20, 2026 world cup, you know, when I want to be 30, I'm that, that's what I have my aim on because I wasn't called in until just this year in January. Right. Um, but when I got that call to represent them in January and then again in, in March, it was just an honor, just an honor to represent your country. And just to know that you're playing with guys, um, that come from the same, that are cut from the same cloth almost, right. We're all representing our country and, and even though we're from different provinces, we all know we have the same goal of, okay, what, we want, what, what do we want to do? And and you've heard people call us the golden generation of players and all this stuff. And you got, you got a lot of Fonzie and Jonathan David, like you mentioned. And it's you see all the talent coming through. And this is the most exciting time in Canadian football that I can remember. So just being able to be a part of that is, is a blessing. And 
to be on the same pitch with guys that are representing on the world stage and winning trophies, not just playing and getting a little bit of minutes, guys that are starting and winning trophies. And um, it's just amazing to, to be a part of. And it's Montreal is a place where a lot of guys come, to, especially if there's French speaking, you know what I mean? A lot of guys come here to play. And it's good. Um, it's good that if you're playing, there's a lot of guys, also there's a lot of guys that play in Montreal that are on Team Canada or reserves. Like, you know, talk about James, James Van Temis and Piet and, you know, you as well. There's a bunch of guys. And, and it's always good to get that cohesiveness. I always talk about, like, how good Spain was years ago, but you don't realize it was just Barcelona. You know what I mean? Like, when they yeah. had two holes and yes, and all those guys. And so, you more you play, the more you guys play together, the more Canadian content you guys are going to be able to get on your team. I think that would be the best thing. So, you, you, were, you, wore number, uh, you wore number 16 with the Impact? Yes. Okay, with Club de Foot. Uh, is that the number you chose, or is it eight times two because Gerard's the best? <laughs> That's the number I chose. My dad wore that when he played, and, nice. and it's been my favorite number growing up and my whole life. So I uh, I remember, I think Rob Fanny wore it before me, and I came in my first year, and they were asking me what kind of numbers I liked. And I said, if 16 is available, I'll take it. And they said, perfect timing. Rob Fanny, I think, moved on to seven. Yeah. So, uh so yeah, I got 16 and it opened up, and you know, like I said, it's my dad's favorite number, so it's uh, it's pretty special. I get to wear that. That's the thing. Not not a lot of people ask about like numbers, unless it's like a, a unique number. If you're if you're dropping like a 54 or something like that, it's such a weird number. Yeah. Like people will ask you, but like a 16 it seems like just a number they give you. But there's always a story behind numbers. Like growing up, I wore number. It was number eight. You know what I mean? And then after it, I got number 15 because there was no number eight and then I just stuck to 15 the rest of my life and it's uh, with every sport that I played basketball, football, soccer and it was yep. always and it was always 15 and numbers no, you get attached to numbers right so it's it, it's always special and the Canadian the Canadian national team what number did you wear there? when you, you guys played against uh, Bermuda, uh, 20 20 okay 20 and 20. you guys played against you, your first game was against Bermuda? Uh, yes we played Bermuda and then we played the Cayman Islands I don't know which I, I was watching one of them because I bet on the game and I bet like the over like five I think it was plus five or something like that and I was like there's no way Canada's not going to score five goals and then you guys parked the bus I think you guys ended up winning like five nothing it was five one they it was got five one yeah okay and you guys parked the bus and I was like this doesn't make any sense I was just <laughs> watching the game with no sound and I was like are they going to score a goal or what yeah <laughs> I couldn't figure it out and I was getting so pissed. <laughs> so, so Joel you've been in Montreal for uh, for a year well. Last year you were in Montreal. Uh, you played. In, you were over there. Um, how did you? Well, did you try any restaurants? Because you've probably noticed there's many good options over there. It's too many. Options. Yeah, food. I definitely tried some food before. I I definitely tried some stuff before lockdown, and then in the summer when things started to open up again, I've been to Terrasse. I've been to Fishbone. I've been to. Any, so Fishbone's uh, a great place favorites? to spend your entire paycheck. What's that? <laughs> fish, bo fish bone. It's a great place to spend your entire paycheck. Yeah, yeah. It's a good vibe too. It I like is. the restaurant. It was uh, so, good food. Yeah. So, so I know you're a BC boy, um, and you're you're Canadian. So obviously, p there's poutine in Vancouver, right? So, but is there? Have you tried? Have you? Yeah. Is there poutine in Vancouver? There has yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it has to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you had a Quebec poutine, like a Montreal poutine? I have. I have. Um, not. A lot but i tried it and uh yeah i'm a, I'm a poutine fan i love i love the french fries so just putting cheese and gravy on top of that i'd say i think yeah, i'm asking because there, there's there's people from toronto who have they, they say oh i, I tried poutine in toronto i'm like no you can't do that shit. I, I tried poutine in toronto and i can tell there's a difference yeah uh, unless unless of course it's a guy from montreal 
that moved to Toronto and opened their poutine shop over there, then yeah, maybe it's going to taste the same. But a guy from Toronto opening their own poutine shop, no, it's going to taste the same. Trying to claim, claim your guys' uh, <laughs> your food, huh? Uh, that's the thing, though, is that, is that everybody. I mean, it's it it seems like it's easy to make, right? You get the fries, sloppy a bit. If you don't, if you want to go crispy, that's fine. It's the, the gravy, the, the sauce is the key. And I don't think yeah. that people have, have been able to like to replicate the kind of sauce that some of the spots around here have. You know what I mean? And that's I've had poutines in Ontario and a bunch, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. It feels yeah. different. Yeah. Hey, I I don't I don't eat that stuff a lot, so uh, I'm not can't. the best person. I'm not the best person to ask, but um, I definitely had one from Montreal, and it was uh, it was very good. So I've never tried one from Toronto, so I can't even can't even comment on. That. So Alex and I, we obviously we've had way too many, and uh, <laughs> I know you guys got to stay fit. So if you ever do, just hit us up, and we'll give you the best spots. If you ever like, you know, I need one tonight. You know, if it's like a post post game meal, you want to celebrate a bit. Just let yeah, us know, yeah, yeah. and I'll get you. Yeah, or, you know, we'll get you some good ones. Some good ones. Yeah, back to Montreal. That's the thing. Yeah, um, Sedge, the, yeah, Amar Sedge. Yeah, Amar Sedge doesn't like poutine apparently. Oh, really? He's <laughs> from Kentucky. What do you expect? Hey, that guy. <laughs> Special. Well, guy. Let him do him. You know what I mean? <laughs> what a beauty. He's a good, good guy, honestly. And uh, we spoke to. Uh, I mean, everybody talks about like you haven't played here yet, like you were saying before when you were off air. But the, the fans, man, they're going to love you guys here. And I think that the way the season ended last year, you know, they, they, it's kind of left like, like a bitter taste in the mouth of some of the fans, you know. So I think that they want, they want you guys back. And, and we want you guys back to, you know, to, to see what the product on the field is. And I think with all the guys that are coming in, like you, and, you know, you've seen the, the, the growth of guys like James, too. And, and it's, I'm, I'm super excited for the impact, Alex. So, so, so you've played, uh, I've also noticed that you've played a, uh like quite a few different positions so you've played a uh, wing back you played midfielder uh you played you know you're playing cent- uh, um, center, back. center back exactly so do you feel the most comfortable right now in uh, at center back position or do you feel like you can still play the other positions well um yeah i, I transitioned last year wasn't like that um because you know, coming as being, I, I was a six, but I was sometimes a uh, box to box. I was an eight. So being that last line of defense, I wasn't used to that at all. I was used to having guys behind me. If I, you know, missed a challenge or couldn't get to that space quick enough that there's guys behind me that can kind of bail me out. Now it's a whole different story. You're the last line of pressure. If someone gets past you, it's in the back of your net. So, um, you know, last year, it took a lot of transition for me to, to be a center back at this level. Um, but I think even looking at this year and how much I've improved and seeing last game, seeing, you know, how I played against TFC, um, you know, I'm getting more and more comfortable and, and focusing more on my defensive responsibilities rather than my ball playing ability. Cause I think I'm there in that, that sense, in my opinion, um, I think fans can see that. I think people can see that, but you know, it's, it's defensive first before anything. Right. And for me, it's, how can I get most comfortable as a CB now? Because I think my days in midfield are done. I tried it in, uh, <laughs> in uh, training. I think it was last week. They put me as a neutral. And uh, just having your head on a swivel, I'm just not used to that anymore, right? Because the game's all in front of me. And yeah. if, if, if it came down to it um, and, you know, I was the, the option to go there and they wanted to play me there or whatever, I, I could probably still hold my own. But obviously with, you know, guys like Piet, Victor Wanyama, uh, guys that are playing six their whole life um, and not transition to a CB role, they, they, they'll do much better than I will. But uh, now I'm focused on, okay, how can I be the best center back and 
and how can I earn, earn my spot in that way? So we, we've we've uh, we've tested your your loyalty to Montreal, aced it. Uh, food, you named a couple of good restaurants, aced it. Um, <laughs> and now you're talking about some of the guys on the team, respect, you know, all that stuff. We're, we're pumped. You've made us pumped, Joel. I think you're a great guy, and I can't wait to see you on the pitch. Now we're going to see how good you are when it comes to your impact trivia, though. For the last, uh, this is only MLS year, so I'm not going to ask you to go to like the uh, the NASL from 20 years ago with John Lemianis. I'm not asking you to do that. Well, I might fail, <laughs> but let's go. Let's <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is an easy one. We'll start off easy. What is the Joey Saputo trophy? Well, the Giuseppe Saputo trophy, we'll call it. The Giuseppe trophy? The Giuseppe Saputo trophy. It's given out every year to the an impact player. What is it? Is it the MVP? Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, <laughs> so first of all, it was a good guess because you know whatever. Good stuff. <laughs> Let's go. But second of all, isn't it Joey like the owner of the team? Naming the award after him is, you know, ballsy. It's a big dick it energy. Is. Big dick hey, energy. he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just wants to name the trophy after him. He, hey, it's it's his team. He owns it. Uh, who's got the most goals in MLS in the, in the impact history in the MLS era? Oh, okay. Let me think here. Most goals in impact history. Well, in MLS era, impact history. Oh, I don't even. Is it? I'm gonna go Devio. That's a good guess. He's number two. Behind, I was gonna say yeah, that behind Piatti. Piatti just killed it, man. Piatti. Piatti. Yeah, 66 goals. Wow. How many? Yeah. How many Devio have? I think I didn't. I don't know. How, top of my head, but it was like 51 or something like that. Okay. It was in the 50s. Yeah, but Devio was up there for a while. Yeah, let's see. Okay, um, me... I don't know if you'll be able to do this though. Name the last three defensive players of the years for the for the for the impact. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna go. Bakri Sanya? Yeah, two years ago. Is he two years ago? Last year. Defensive. Louis Banks? Yeah. And. Uh, A beauty. So that leaves, what, three years ago now? Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, was it. Um, was it Cabrera? You know what? Was, I, it, was, it, was, it, was it Simon? No, was Simon it, was the first one in 2015. I don't think Simon uh, was on uh, the Impact three years ago. Oh, no, I don't think he was there. No, no, no. I think it was Cabrera, though, because uh, now I'm just bl- I'm drawing a blank because I wrote it down. But I, I didn't write. Those, that was the only one I didn't write down because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm getting it for you right now. I have it right here. But, um, yeah, Simon was, was so good. And then when he played for Belgium in the World Cup, I was like, man, the impact are legit all of a sudden. What are, what are we talking about? Defense play of the year. Well, it was, uh, I'll give you a hint. It was a goalie. Was it, was it Bushy? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Three years ago. Three years ago. Well, 2018, yeah. So it was Sima. Wow. Since, since the MLS, it was Sima, Kamara, Lovitz, Bush, Sanya, Binks. Wow. Okay, Bushy in 2018. Yeah. He had a good year that year. I guess so. Actually, he won like yeah. everything that year, now that I'm looking at oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, had a, he was. When, the- when, when, what year was it that we made it to the Eastern Conference final? That was the year. Trump. It was 2018. That was the year. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he, he had a very good year. I remember watching that series. That series, that series was crazy. And Bush is a nutcase, man. He's, but like, as a goalie, you have to be. Though. He's a keeper. Yeah, keepers are nutcases, man. Oh I man, that. yeah. I love that. Is the goalie? Co- I don't think it's still the same goalie coach, but is it? Um, he was this older Moroccan guy. I'm forgetting his name, but he, my dad used to coach him. He was the goalie for my dad's. Like my dad coached like a semi-pro team in Montreal years ago, okay. and he was the goalie. I forgot his name, but he was a, a like banana lines. Like he was nuts. <laughs> I've never seen a, but the nicest guy off the field. But as soon as he put the gloves on, man. 
Forget it. He's clipping. He's kneeing you in the face. He's doing whatever he has to do. Boys are a different breed. Uh, All right. Two questions for the Team Canada. Ready? Uh, Who's got the most Canadian caps of all time? It's a tough one. Oh, I think that's... I know. Oh, it's um, Atiba. No. D-Ro. D-Ro. Wrong. No way. So I thought it was D-Rosario too, but it's not. Alex, who do you think? Yeah, I was gonna say Tiba too. Yeah, no, so it's not. Uh, it's um, Julian de Guzman. Oh, right. oh yeah, de Guzman. Yeah. So forget about him, man. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what is that? Like eighty something? Uh, eighty nine. Yeah. Eighty nine. Yeah. Uh, okay, who has the most goals in Canadian history? Uh, I don't know that one. It's de Rosario. <laughs> Again, this <laughs> guy, man. Di Rosario, man, twenty-two. The great international career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was, he was amazing. Right, with his freaking braids and everything, it was awesome. Alfonso yeah. Davis gonna be that record, hopefully. Most caps. Hopefully. So. Uh, no, no, no. Most goals. Most know, goals, goals. I think. Yeah, most goals, maybe. I think. I mean, twenty-two. I, I can see it. He's twenty-two. Is not be, a big number. I think he. I think he might be most caps too. Well, he's young. Yeah, twenty years old. Yeah, years old. Still got, you know. 15, 16, however long he wants to play, right? Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. So, Joel, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it was fantastic talking to you, getting to know you and some of the guys on your team, too. Um, whenever you need a Putin, man, you just reach reach out to the two fat guys from Hot Sauce Sports and we'll tell you how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and while you're there, maybe you can spread some mustard truffle sauce from Mike's BBQ Rub. If you want the discount on Mike's BBQ Rub, visit Mike's BBQ Rub, mtl.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off. Uh, for Alex, for me, and for Joel Waterman, thanks. I appreciate it, buddy. Well, Joel, where can they find you, actually? Where can they follow you? Uh, they can follow me on my social media platforms uh, at JJ Waterman with two N's at the end on Instagram, at 16 Waterman on Twitter. Um, and those are basically the only social media handles I have. Confusing with JJ Watt, by the way, just letting you know. People, yeah. People, people search <laughs> JJ Waterman and they'll find out JJ. Yeah, I got that nickname in uh, university. And, and when I went to go get my Instagram handle, Joel Waterman was taken. So I had to. I found and, the guy uh, where Joel Waterman was taking. Sorry, Gloss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, qu- and quickly, could you tell us about your involvement with uh, with Kidsport BC? Yeah, yeah. So I, I got with Kidsport last year as an ambassador during uh, when COVID kind of happened. I had time to kind of reach out and do other things and build my platform. And um, Kidsport actually gave me money when I was younger to stay in soccer. So I reached out to them right away. And I said, hey, I want to get involved. You guys help me. If I didn't have that generosity, I don't know if I would be here in my career. So um yeah i just i did some stuff over the off season helped my hometown club uh raise some money and and a bunch of kids came out and they've almost doubled in numbers for the spring so just seeing that in my home community is is amazing so um yeah we're gonna keep doing some cool stuff during the year and it, obviously when it, in the off season when i'm back home i'm gonna do some more stuff there but um yeah i love working with them love working with the youth and coaching and and just giving back to to my hometown and my hometown club and the kids in it good stuff joel man honestly stuff, uh, man as much as we can do to support that too we'll send out some links and stuff like that uh we appreciate you coming on buddy alex as usual peace